Hi, Blue Wire listeners. I'm Greg Olson. I'm excited to partner with Blue Wire to bring you TE1, a podcast where I interview the tight ends who have revolutionized the position. Listen in as I have raw, in-depth conversations with the all-time greats like Shannon Sharp, Tony Gonzalez, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. We'll explore how the tight end position has changed over the last 60 years and what it takes to be the very best. Subscribe to TE1 from Blue Wire Studios today so you're ready for the August premiere. Warriors, Warriors, come out to play. Show me you want to be here. Show me you want to win. Show me you want to, you have that killer instinct. I do look at myself as being one of the most dominant fighters in MMA history. He didn't know it was going to be a buffet though. He thought it was going to be a three-piece. Now you're getting the whole MGM Grand Buffet to the face, man. What's up, everybody? It's time for another episode of the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's your host here, Heidi Fang, with our MMA writer, Adam Hill. Sam Gordon, we're brought to you by Favor, Bet Online, Sunday Ticket, and Deal Dash. You can check everything out online at reviewjournal.com that we're putting out there. And Adam, let's start with the UFC fights. Another one here at the Apex. We have a big main event, and I mean big as in heavyweight. Augustus Akai come in with just one loss and one draw on his record, and Overeem, of course, still hunting for UFC gold. Adam, what do you have between these two fighters and this match? Well, yeah, Overeem's a guy who, at this point in his career who we've seen the ups and downs. We've seen several times where we thought he was done. And like, okay, that's it for Overeem. And then he's put together a couple nice wins. So he's in prime position to stake a claim to the top of that division. I know he said that if he wins, he wants John Jones. Uh, in John Jones' first fight at heavyweight. I think that would be somewhat uh, interesting. But he's going to have to win. and He's going to have to put on a show in order to get that done. And, you know, Jones has higher aspirations, of course, at heavyweight. So a lot on the line for Alistair Overeem. Um, but a very, I guess you're going to say interesting card because this is, man, if you talk about only hardcores being interested, it's going to be tough to hook people on, you know, what is going on on this card except for Alistair Overeem. So maybe a lot of eyeballs tune in to see him, uh, of course, uh, up against Augusto Sakai. So I don't think a lot of people are, you know, interested in him and, and getting the, getting excited to tune in for that. But the rest of the card is just a lot of guys that, you know, you hope make a move, you hope put on a show, but... Uh, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are like, oh, I really need to see Jalen Turner. Or Hunter Azure versus yeah. Cole Smith. Yeah. No offensing point I want to uh, talk about on this card is uh, Ovin St. Pru returning from COVID. He had tested positive a couple weeks back. He's now returned to fight Alonzo Menafield. This one rebooked here on this card. Menafield holding the 9-1 record. Ovin St. Pru 24-14. Um, what do you make of this one for the light heavyweight division? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's necessarily a lot on the line. These aren't guys that are, you know, prime for a title shot or anything like that. But certainly, Ovin St. Pru is at a point in his career where he can't afford losses. Um, you know, like this, he's got, I think, three losses in his last four. Uh, and so, you know, another loss would would just send him tumbling out of uh, any kind of hope for contention anytime soon and, and could be, you know, nearing the end of his contract. So it's a big fight for him. And, and you know, when I when I say that the, the card isn't, you know, one that's going to draw a lot of mainstream eyeballs, like it's certainly there's a lot of fighters with a lot at stake and they're going to put a lot of the light in these fights, but um, just not a lot of, you know, mainstream interest necessarily. So Ovin St. Pru maybe needs a win to even stay around. And so that makes it a good storyline. Menafield trying to, you know, build his name up a little bit more. Uh, so there's there's some, you know, maybe some intrigue there. And then I think as far as the COVID tests, uh, we're seeing more and more. And, you know, we've seen, we've seen 
Uh, the Glover Teixeira fight have to be pushed back. We saw just uh, Cody Garbrandt, I believe, this morning as we're taping this uh, for his main event fight. And it's in two months. He should be able to recover and be back. But you never know how these things are going to linger either. So more and more of these positive tests and they're popping up. I think one of the things they're doing is not announcing fights very early because they don't want <laughs> positive tests to end up pushing things back. Uh, but, you know, a lot of these different cases to monitor, but you're right with Ovin St. Preux, uh, he is back and he's ready to, to carry forward. And again, forward. that being UFC Vegas 9, that card happening at the UFC Apex this coming Saturday. And Adam, like you said, not a lot of uh, future events written down on paper. If you go ahead and look at the next fight card, UFC Vegas 10, there's one fight announced for it right now. So they're being as cautious as can be. Well, so it's Well, that's what, three, four months away? Yeah. No, it's no, it's like next week when you count. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So three, exactly. four months away, I don't even know if they're going to be here still in Vegas. They might be going back to uh, Abu Dhabi. Maybe we've heard. Yeah, it's definitely in the plans. And, and there's, you know, as you mentioned, they've, they've, that, they've not got a whole lot of fight cards uh, announced, but they just keep saying, well, to be TBA, like the Cody Garbrandt uh, title fight. Uh, that's in November. No location or venue or anything uh, in terms of details announced. So uh, a, a lot remains up in the air, and I think that's by design, where they have these fights booked, but they don't want to tell us because, like I said, they, they're making so many different changes and moving so many people around that it just looks, you know, it looks better to just say, all right, here's the fight card next week, and then we'll announce the fights a couple well, days Well, they're not before. announcing fights, as you said, but somebody who's out there that's for a fight after beating Sean O'Malley, Cheeto Vera, Marlon Cheeto Vera. Adam and I had the opportunity to speak with him this week. So let's hear from Cheeto Vera about what he wants next. I don't really pay attention to what an, uh, a former opponent of mine says. You know, he he gets his ass whooped. He can have all the skills in the world. He lost. He's 12 1. I advanced. He moved down. He can talk, talk, talk all he wants. He was talking before the fight. Guess what? He got his ass whooped. And then there's always going to be excuses. There's always going to be something. But when you lose and you put excuses, you just bring your two colors. The kid is a real bitch. And, you know, I really don't. I don't pay attention to that. I don't, you don't bother me. You don't excite me. You don't get me mad, you know. I work for my family, that's about it. What is that thing now? What do you want? I want a main event. I want whoever in the top 10 and make it a main event. I want a, I want a good, high-profile fight. So, that's what I want. I haven't really seen nobody call me out. I don't, I don't think people want to sign up for a tough fight. Because they know I'm a hard fight for anybody in that top 15. When I say top 15, I'm saying from number 1 to number 15. And, you know, they're quiet, you know. And before the Miley fight, was like, oh, if Miley fits, if Miley wins, I'm going to believe it. Now, they, they got to believe the, the right guy, you know. They were thinking about Miley because they're weak. All those guys in the top five, they're weak. They were already, they were already in that uh, mental warfare with Miley going back and forth, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, if you're, if you're close to the title, why are you, why are you going so low to talk to that, to that dog? I'm like, so I'm always looking up. You can look down. You look down, you know, you're going to lose everything you have. So it wasn't tough because what they did to me, it was tough because I won the fight. I I know 100% I won the fight. And then I was coming to five wins. 
that would put me in a good spot in my career. And then they kind of like blew my momentum up. Like I have a chip in my shoulder, I have a piece of rock in my shoulder. And I was like, I use that rock just to focus more, train better, get better. So I was like, next guy, next, next guy they put me in front, I'm gonna, I'm gonna end him. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put him out. And that's what I did. We're going to head out to a quick break and when we come back, we're going to get the boxing lowdown from Sam Gordon here, our boxing writer. So stay tuned right here on the RJ Ringside Podcast. Sports are coming back and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is back in action and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all the odds, futures, and props to bet on, all available 24-7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champ Robert Ory. See what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series they're calling Fandemic. Visit betonline.ag for all your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. Sunday, Sunday, Sundays are coming back in the NFL. With NFLSundayTicket.tv, you can stream every live out-of-market NFL game every Sunday afternoon on your favorite devices, plus Red Zone and DirecTV Fantasy Zone channels. Never miss your favorite teams and favorite players. No matter where you live, NFLSundayTicket.tv is your key to the most glorious Sundays ever. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE at checkout to get 15% off your subscription. Visit NFLSundayTicket.tv and use promo code BLUEWIRE. You've counted on restaurants, now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery with DoorDash. DoorDash is the app that brings you the food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be left safely outside your door with the new contactless delivery drop-off setting. Choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery too. Just open the DoorDash app, select your favorite local spot, and your food is on its way. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code BLUEWIRE. That's $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BLUEWIRE. Don't forget, that's code BLUEWIRE for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Back to the RJ Ringside Podcast. It's Heidi Fang, Sam Gordon, and Adam Hill, and we're going to break down the latest happening in boxing. Sam, there's been some talk about that Lomachenko fight right around the corner with Team Afimo. What do you have for us on that? Uh, people are saying, I saw this on BoxingScene.com, that uh, Lopez Sr. said that Team Afimo will destroy Lomachenko. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> 
Uh, good promotion, <laughs> good promotion. Trying to trying to get uh, you know trying to sell the fight. I mean, of course. I mean, he's you know he's he's a father. He's going to believe in his son and and try and um, you know, project confidence. I, I just what 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 I'm fearful of for for Junior is you know the expectations, right? Putting too much pressure on him right now. This is only what his second title fight, and we know what Lomachenko is and what he's represented in that division for. Um, and just in boxing in general, even before he moved up um, for for the longest time, I mean, he is the sensei. He is the um, the the gold standard right now in the lightweight division. And until I, we see otherwise, right, he needs to he, he deserves to remain that gold standard. So um, it's I mean, this is to me, you know, given the pandemic and the constraints of the pandemic and everything that has happened this year, this is the fight of all fights um, in, in 2020. And uh, it's you know kind of like we touched on before. Is Lopez ready to assume the throne? Is he ready to take? Is he ready to knock off? Is there going to be a changing of the guard? Are we going to see some of these younger fighters in the lightweight division take over, or is Lomachenko going to remain um, the the kind of who he is? Uh, and that's you know that's coming soon. That's what six weeks from now. We're, we're recording this on a Friday. It's um, the middle of next month. Is that fight? So um, that's big. Um, and, and I expect nothing le- less from the, the than the utmost confidence from from Lopez Senior. I'm just my concern is is it, is it too much pressure too soon? We'll see. This is he gets credit. They, their camp gets credit for taking this fight when he's so young. You don't see this very often where you have a young and up and coming fighter with the record that um, that Lopez has willing to take on somebody like this. So, so they get props for that for sure. But. Um, it's just gonna wait and see, you know. As far as is he gonna destroy Lomachenko? I don't know about all that. About the interview with him on BT Sport, and he was talking about if Deontay Wilder doesn't come back for another fight, maybe he should look at Anthony Joshua. Yeah, I'm, I, and, and it makes sense, right? I mean, they, the, the the Wilder fight, as we know, that was supposed to happen here in July, the, the trilogy um, with, with with Tyson Fury beating Deontay Wilder here by knockout in February. The trilogy was supposed to happen in July, and the pandemic postponed it. And then you had rumors about December, and was it going to be at Allegiant Stadium, and when, and where, and, and for whatever reason, um, it's taking a while to f- finalize this fight. And it's a you know the Wilder. Fury is a, definitely a fight you want to do before fans, and we know that's not an option here right now, and probably won't be anytime soon. And being that Joshua, Joshua and Fury are both from the UK, where you are closer to having fans return, it, it might make sense to, to 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 go ahead and have that fight now. That that they uh, they had announced that they had come, you know, preliminary agreement for a contract for next year, for 2021. Uh, I think that was before kind of the pandemic became what it was, but. The really, that's that's the only kind of challenge on on Tyson's Fury's checklist. The only thing he really needs to accomplish at this point is, is take out Joshua and become undisputed heavyweight champion. And um, we'll see what happens. I mean, unless Wilder's camp wants to wants to bring something to the table and is ready to get something done, it's understandable why why Fury would want to move on and, and take on the next challenge of his well, career. What else do we have happening coming up right around the corner here with the boxing scene? What can you update us with? Yeah, I want to get in a little bit to, we, we talked about the Jose Ramirez, um, Victor Postal fight last week for the unified uh, titles at 140, and um, Ramirez gets out of there with a majority decision, but he was not, he was not impressive. He, he didn't have the power, he wasn't super aggressive, um, Postal's a veteran that's been in there with Terrence Crawford, he's a former champion, and he looked like the sharper, better fighter for, you know, half the fight, and it's understandable why it was so close. And Ramirez is somebody that has been very clear. He wants to unify and become the undisputed champ at one at 140 um, at junior welterweight, and and that he's eyeing a fight against Josh Taylor to, to unify those titles. And frankly, um, he didn't 
if he performs like that again against Josh Taylor, I don't think he's going to be, be the undisputed champion the way he wants. It was a very, very sloppy performance. He did what he had to do, but he did not lack the power. He did not lack the pop. He did not control the fight the way I thought he was going to coming in against a, you know, a 36-year-old fighter in, in Victor Postal while Taylor's younger, you know, in the prime of his career, 28, 29. So um, as far as this weekend's concerned, finally, finally, we have Jamel Herring and, and Jonathan Aquendo. Um, this fight was supposed to happen a couple times this summer. But like you guys were talking about with, with UFC, Herring tested positive twice, and they had to postpone the fight. And, and his positive tests actually kind of triggered top rank restructuring their, their testing protocols as far as how long fighters can have to wait before they get to come back in the bubble. So he, he cleared his six-week protocol, and finally they are fighting for his 130-pound uh, title this weekend. That is Saturday, MGM Grand, um, top rank bubble on ESPN. So if he, if he, t- if he takes care of business there – looking at a, a matchup against Carl Frampton that they've, they've wanted to have that and that's been in the works for the longest time and it, it was just about Herring um, handling his business so that could be a possible 130 title fight coming up um, that's this weekend and yeah boxing back in awesome full swing stuff, Sam. well that should catch us up there on the boxing scene but Adam before we step away here for this week's episode I wanted to get some uh insight from you on an interview that we have coming up here, a feature on the ReviewJournal.com site on Sherrod Blackledge, who will be competing in Dana White's Contender Series. He's uh, really readjusted his life. We've been doing a feature on him video-wise since, gosh, what was it, over 18 months ago. And we've been following his path up until this fight here that has been the culmination for him of his career up to this point. What do you uh, make of Sherrod Blackledge and his chances here at Dana White's Contender Series this coming Tuesday? You'll be excited to find out he's a guy who's had so many you know close calls in terms of like the UFC puts him on standby like hey maybe we're gonna give you a call maybe we're we'll put you in a fight and it just hasn't quite happened for whatever reason it hasn't worked out got turned down by a couple of guys or like you know I don't want to fight that guy um, just hasn't quite happened and then he's had so many fights uh, canceled you know as as he's trying to be uh, work his way up in the ranks and as far as a professional and happened to him in amateurs happened to him in the pros um, finally getting that shot and he said you know one of the things he said uh, going into this pandemic was people are going to come out one way, or, one way or the other. Either they're going to come out better or they're going to come out as a disaster. And he said uh, he kind of altered his life around, really started focusing a lot more, stopped with the, you know, he was partying like he was already a champion, he said at one, at one point. And he said, no more of that. Like, I'm, you know, he's, he's at home. He talked about, hey, I've got a girlfriend now. And it's like more, I'm just chill. I'm just focused on my goals. I'm not going out partying, not being crazy. Stop smoking weed even, which was a, a big thing in his life. So um, he just said, this is all about what I wanted to do and how I wanted to make myself better during all this and it results in a, a shot to make a UFC roster so uh, pretty cool that you know as you said we've kind of been documenting him for a little bit and talking to him uh, as he made this journey and now with a chance to make it to the UFC uh, on Tuesday night so I think uh, we'll, we'll be able to kind of tell you a story a little bit uh, at the Review Journal and then kind of see his backstory and then we'll see uh, how it turns out for him on Tuesday night but um, just a cool cool story and a kid who had nothing in Baltimore grew up with nothing and decided to come out to uh, to Las Vegas to try to make his dream come true, and it's on the verge of happening. Let's hear from Sherrod right now in his own words about moving to Las Vegas and how that kind of shaped his fighting career that he has now. I was like, I want to be at my absolute best. I want to be the absolute best that I can be. And I still don't even think that I'm my absolute best, but I feel that I've been, I am better than I've ever been before. And I feel that I, I, I mean, I have a lot that I can improve on and um, like, endurance-wise, physique-wise and stuff, um, but I still feel that I can for sure go in and fight a 15-minute fight with absolutely no problem. 
Okay, that was Sherrard Blackledge competing Dana White Tuesday Night Contender Series this coming Tuesday. Uh, you can find that video online as well. Adam and I will be putting it up and in print at the Review Journal. But uh, for Sam Gordon, Adam Hill, that'll do it for us this week. We'll talk to you guys soon.